0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I want to read a scripture to you today. It comes uh, out of Matthew uh, chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. It says, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he being Jesus, he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Maybe he was thinking, Do I have to do them all? Jesus said, Well, you should not murder. It's a good place to start. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I've kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. I've said this a number of times recently. I'm going to say it again. I think it's worth repeating. Your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So about three years ago, I thought to myself, in the interest of getting fit, I'm going to take up swimming. So I bought myself a pair of Speedos. I don't know why that's funny. Maybe you it doesn't matter. But I'll tell you that they were the, the ones that come down to like mid-thigh, okay? so Because I, I just don't have the guts to wear the other ones, all right? And I bought them, and I thought to myself, I'll go to the gym on these days in my week, and on the alternate day, I'm going to take up swimming. So I can tell you this right now, and I just want to confess this before everyone. In the last three years, I have never gone swimming. <laughs> like, not, not one time. N- not once. I mean, I, I thought a lot about it, but I just never actually did it. And this probably doesn't need to be explained, but I'm going to explain it anyway. Do you know I didn't do it because I had a stronger thought that said, no, you're not doing this. Like, don't get up. Don't get your stuff. Don't go down swimming. And I know that this isn't rocket science, but this, by the way, is why you struggle to get to the gym. It's the same reason why you struggle following a diet, It's the same reason why some of you have journals that you got at Christmas with the intention of writing in them this year, and now they're empty. You haven't written a thing since February. This is the reason why it's not rocket science, is that you just have a stronger desire that says, no, I'm not going to do it. This isn't something that we even need to teach you This is something that you have In fact, you can get this from a very young age Uh, Let me tell you about my kids, right? I see this unfolding in my kids every single day In fact, it happens every night We have a very simple routine It goes something like this I want you to get dressed in your pajamas I want you to brush your teeth And then I want you to go to bed It's a very simple routine. And despite the fact that it's so simple, something that, let's be generous, something that should take 10 minutes. It's like 45 minutes later. I don't know why they're taking so long to get dressed. You have only so many clothes. It's pajamas. You're not trying to choose what you're meant to wear. It's under your pillow where you left it the night before. You know, And yeah, despite that, it takes so long. I will send my kids to bed and say, or, or to go get changed, say, hey, don't get distracted. Guess what? I find them in the living room. I find them still trying to have second dessert. I find them doing all of these things, right? They get distracted instantly. When I ask them to do something, that they don't want to do You should see what comes over them And how it changes them In fact, I will tell you what I thought this would be so funny I took a photo of my kids As they're starting to get ready And I want you to show you Now this is an actual photo Taken at my house Of my kids getting ready This is an actual photo of one of my children getting ready. And this is the speed at which they move like a snail, right? Now, if I had a said, get dessert, they are all over it, right? But they have something in them that has a stronger desire that says, no, I don't want to do it. Now, the task of going and getting dressed in your pajamas is actually a very simple task, right? Following it, is not as simple, but it was a pretty easy thing to do. You know, this guy that we read this story about, this poor rich man, I say he was poor, not because he didn't have money. I just felt sorry for the guy. This poor rich man that we read about, he had just one simple task. And I, I kind of feel sorry for this guy because he was nailing Judaism. He was doing really well. And here comes Jesus and he speaks to him about the things that... He shouldn't be doing. And I think that this guy probably started the conversation because he was hoping that he was going to get some kind of compliment back. Like, Jesus, I just want you to know I'm nailing Judaism. I'm getting all these different things right. And then Jesus comes to him and he says, yeah, but if you want to be perfect, he says, go and sell uh, all your possessions and then I want you to come and I want you to follow me. Now, the task was very simple. Stop what you're doing immediately, and I want you to sell what you have. You'll have treasure in heaven. Don't worry about that. And then I want you to just simply come and follow me. And the man had a stronger thought, didn't he? He had a stronger desire. And he said, no, I'm not doing that. I am not selling everything that I have and giving away all of my wealth and my possessions to follow you somewhere where I don't even know where you are taking me. The task was simple, but actually it became a lot more difficult for him to do. I want to tell you guys something. This is very important that you understand this this morning. There are some things that Jesus can only teach you on your journey. See, the man, he got all these other things right, but he said he still lacks something. And I think really what Jesus was saying to him, yes, you've done everything very well, but if you want to learn and grow, there are some things that I can only teach you on the journey. Now, while you have a stronger thought process that says, I'm not going to take the journey, or I'm going to delay the journey, You're not being taught the things that Jesus really wants to show you. And this rich young man, he got hit. He got hit by Jesus, by the way, with some cold, hard truths and some cold, hard facts, and he was out cold. How do we know that? Because he wasn't in the fight. Because he walked away. Because he said... I am not going to do what you've asked me to do And I'm walking away from you now, Jesus, because what you've asked me to do, the cost, it's too high. He got knocked out cold. He's out of the game. Now, this is the thing about Jesus. This isn't the only time that Jesus did this to someone. In fact, should you be standing around back in Jesus' day and you saw Jesus headed in in your direction, right? Depending on what's going on in your life at the moment, you might just want to get out of there, all right? Because Jesus had this way of hitting people with challenges and facts, right? So I want to show you that he's done this kind of thing before. Luke nine fifty seven to 62 says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, I think that Jesus sometimes, only Jesus could get away with this, saying something like that. He is so harsh sometimes with his words, isn't he? I mean, can you just put yourself in the situation of some of the people that Jesus was speaking with on that day? One man, horrible thing has happened for him. His father has passed away. And so he says, Jesus, I will follow you but first let me go ahead and bury my father, right? Now that is culturally expected. That's something that he should be doing and it's, and it's not wrong to do. But what he was really asking Jesus to do was to be delayed by anywhere up to 12 months Because the burial process for your father would take that long. They would take their bones and put it in an ossuary box and and, and bury that. And so what he was really saying to Jesus is, I want to go with you. Don't get me wrong, I do. But first, let me delay you and let me delay this journey and my progress for a period of 12 months while I first do these other things. And Jesus says, no, I don't have time for that. And it's a really difficult thing to imagine Jesus saying that, but I want you to see something right now. There's an open door for this man to begin a journey where Jesus is going to teach him the kind of things that he can only learn on the journey, and he misses his opportunity. He misses the opportunity that he had to walk with Jesus. And I'm just wondering this morning, where are you saying no? Where are you being delayed? And what are you doing first instead of doing what God called you to do? Maybe he's come to you and said, come follow me. But you have a priority issue. And you say, I will get on board with my calling. I know you've called me. I know you've gifted me. I know I'm graced in this area and I will. But first, if you could just let me go ahead and do these other things, then, then, you know, in the future, at some point, I'll do it. And I have a sneaking suspicion for anybody who feels like that today, there is a tension inside of you. There is a tension inside of you when you know that you're supposed to be doing something for Jesus and you're not doing it. There's a tension in direction. And this is the punch you don't see. This is the thing that will take you out. Because why? Because you just keep delaying it. Oh, don't get me wrong. You think you're going to do it. In your mind, if we were to sit down and have a conversation with you, you are planning to do it. And this is the thing that takes people out. They're delaying it, but they're never actually arriving at it. So you may not realize it this morning. And maybe this is like your wake-up call. And maybe you have absolutely no idea. I mean, you're coming to church you even sang songs with hands raised in church this morning. Some of you, at least anyway. You, you, you joined a small group. You're, you're at church every week. And despite the fact that you're doing all those things, right? And this is why it comes as a surprise. This is why it's the punch you don't see. You are out cold, You're filled with all the activities the church can bring, but when it comes to what you're actually supposed to be doing, you're out cold because you're not following through on what Jesus has already spoken to you about. You know what I would call that? I would call that procrastination. And procrastination delays your future, and it costs you the life you're called to. Now, I'll tell you why you need to know this. You don't want to wake up on the canvas... One day, wondering what happened to the dream God gave me. What happened to it? Where did it go? I remember in my younger days, I had all these plans. I had dreams. I had desires. I had all these things I wanted to do. See, dreams without action... That's procrastination. Procrastination deludes people into thinking that they're just about to act. And it'll happen when? Well, not today, but tomorrow it will. You know tomorrow, that magical day when 99% of all human productivity and projects happen? Tomorrow... But it just gets delayed and pushed back. Edward Young said procrastination is the thief of time. Yeah. It's stealing away your future. Hello, uni students that have exams. In fact, anybody that's ever had to study for an exam knows this. You know you apply the old strategy, do tomorrow, do tomorrow. I'll do it and I'll wait until the very last moment when I have absolutely no choice but but to start studying, and then you begin. You procrastinated, you delayed, and yet, you know what the funny thing is, is if we were to look at your life and say, what have you been doing for the last three weeks? You probably would have said that you were busy, and you were. you were just busy doing all the wrong stuff, because you had a project due. You had an assignment that had to be done. You had something that was coming, but you filled your life with all the wrong priorities just because you didn't really want to do it. You had a stronger desire in you, and so This morning, I just want to give you four reasons why you'll procrastinate and one reason why you shouldn't. Pretty simple today. Really easy. Number one is indecision. You just can't make a decision. I call this the paralysis of analysis. Hello, overthinkers. People that have to go over the same thought process again and again. You already have all the information. There's nothing new coming. You just keep thinking about it over and over. Here's what James 1, eight says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You just can't ever arrive at an answer. I tell you what, when I was younger, I used to really struggle making decisions. And one of the reasons I struggled is I never wanted to make the wrong decision. I don't want to make the wrong decision. What if I make a mistake? What if I make a decision and it's not the one I should have made and then I'll be filled with all kind of regret and because of that, do you know what I did? I used to just not make decisions. Now, here's the part that's a little bit tricky. Go along with me. Not making a decision is making you're still doing something. What are you doing? Absolutely nothing. You're not doing anything. That's still doing something. You're still making a decision. Have you ever gone out for dinner? And then you look at the menu and you don't want to get food envy when the meal actually comes to you? So you keep going over it, and then you're so insecure about what you might order, you say, Hey, hey, what are you gonna have? Why do you care? That's their meal. What are you going to eat? Why should what they're eating have any impact on what you want? And yet, there are these people, don't put your hand up, but if you're sitting next to them, point them out. <laughs> right? There are these people that struggle to order food from the menu. The waiter's already come three times. Can I help you? No, we need another five minutes, you know. Because why? They want to make the wrong decision. They don't want to make a mistake. I tell you what this is absolutely paralyzing. I tell you what you can make You can take your time ordering your food. But don't you think when it comes to something a little bit more important like what God's asked you to do that you got to make a decision on it. And I want you to understand something this morning You will always be called. If you're here and you've given your life to Jesus, you will always be called. Your calling won't go anywhere, but opportunities will. There are some doors that are open to you now that in six months from now will be closed. And if you didn't act, you missed that opportunity to begin a journey with Jesus where he will teach you things in the next six months that you would never have learned had you just stayed put. Indecision. All right, number two, perfectionism. This is a major reason why people just continue to delay what God's asked them to do. Are you your own worst critic? Do you always beat yourself up about how you could have just done things a little bit better? Can I tell you something right now? You make the devil's job so easy. In fact, people that have perfectionism as a major issue, he just says... I'm going to leave you on your own because you're taking care of yourself. I have more important things to do because you're already so good at criticizing yourself. I've read psychology journals where they say that perfectionism at an extreme level is actually just a form of self-hatred where you just beat yourself up about all the things that you could have done better, how you could have done it right. You need everything to be perfect, including you. The time needs to be perfect. The season needs to be perfect. You need to be perfect. And when all the planets align and everything is the way that it's supposed to go, maybe then you'll begin to do the things that God's called you to do. But Ecclesiastes 4.11 says, he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. You got to realize there actually is such a thing as timing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you should overcompensate by just launching into any opportunity that comes your way because that's a mistake as well. But let me say this. If it's never the right time to sow You've not found a good time in the last 10 years To start doing that very thing that God has called you to do If you haven't found the space in 10 years You've got to understand the principle of sowing and reaping You can't ever expect to reap until you first sow It's a natural process So you've got to begin somewhere you got to make a start at some time. And your present life is incompatible with the future that you desire. So you need to make a change now. Don't expect to start harvesting all the stuff that's in your future now if you haven't been sowing in your past. It just doesn't make sense. So what is it for you, I wonder? Is it the timing? Is it that your standards are just too, too high You just expect too much of yourself. Can I encourage you to choose correction over perfection? Why don't you just cut yourself some slack and just get on with the job and stop beating yourself up because when you do that, you're just ruining your own future. And I want you to understand something. When it comes to your calling, remember, you were called, which means what? that Jesus chose you, that the Holy Spirit anointed you, that the Spirit of God has appointed you. What does the Bible say? Hey, take great courage in this. I know that I always do. The Bible says he chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were of noble birth, but God chose what was foolish in this world to shame the wise, guess what? He knows sometimes that when he chose you, you're a little bit foolish. And if Jesus is okay with it, I think you can be okay with it. Don't you understand that the process prepares you for the future? So if you're overcritical and analyzing your skills and it's never the right time to start, I'm telling you what you need to do is actually start somewhere and the things that you need seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the things that you need will be added unto you. You understand that this, this is how the process works? You just got to start the journey somewhere. All right, I'm going to keep going. Number three, fear. Wow. This is a major one for people. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God, gave us, um, for God has not given us a spirit, uh, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. Do you understand that what's ruling your spirit is ruining your future? What's ruling you is making decisions for you. Steering your life Why? Because you will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts So what are you afraid of? Is it failure? Just failing In and of itself You just know that Eventually When you step out in faith To do whatever it is that God wants you to do That at some point You're going to fail Maybe that's what it is Maybe you're afraid of actually succeeding because if you succeed well now you have to do something about that aren't you maybe it's the opinions of other people i wonder how many people here would feel called of god but they're afraid about what their neighbor might think the bible says that if you do that that's a snare that's a trap proverbs 29:25 says this it says the fear of man is a snare it's a trap to try to please everyone yeah. listen if you try to do everything to please everyone, you're not going anywhere. You got, you start out and doing what you feel the Lord has led you to do, and you know Barry's really happy with you, but Dolores is disappointed. I chose Dolores because I don't think there's a Dolores here. Dolores is disappointed. Frank is happy, but. Jordan is so unhappy that you decided to do it in that particular way. Listen, if you want to begin to pursue the things that God's put on your life, there are some people that it helps to have on your side, but you don't have to please everyone. Don't get into that rut. Maybe the thing that you're afraid of is just hearing the truth. It's just confronting the truth. And that fear is directing your life right now, which is why you haven't seen the dentist It's why you haven't gone to the doctor. It's why you don't get marriage counseling, because if you do, they might hold up a mirror, and you might have to look at the own inadequacies and the things that are in your life, and rather than be confronted with the truth, you'd rather just live in denial. Guess what? Denial doesn't help anyone, because while you're not going to see the dentist, the doctor, or the counselor, your marriage isn't getting better. And the stuff that's on you or in you That's not going away I'm telling you right now You can't let fear rule your spirit Maybe for you You've actually tried to do something before You've attempted this Maybe this very ministry calling You've attempted it at some season in the past And it failed It didn't work out for you And the pain of having to face that again Is just too much So to quote Pastor Benton Itoko from last week, you were traveling at some point through the valley of the shadow of death, and you made a mistake, and things didn't work out, so what did you do? Well, you just pitched a tent right there and set up a monument, monument to your own failure, Let's never forget how bad this moment was. Let's always remember this failure. Let's let our monument be to that. And if you think like that, and you decided to camp in the shadow of the valley of death, you're not going anywhere. You've got to keep following Jesus. And as we know, the good shepherd, he just continues to lead people out of it. Don't set up camp around your past failures. That's not going to help you one bit. I don't think that the people of God are supposed to be scared and afraid and intimidated. No, 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 no. You know what I read in the scriptures? I see it where it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. How much do you love that scripture? The righteous are as bold as a lion. Do you know where they get so bold? I can tell you this, it's not from self-confidence. It's not from their own skills and abilities. If you're in church today and you're new to church and you hear Christian people talking about their righteousness, you should know that they didn't get their righteousness from how they act, think, or behave. Our boldness comes from the same place our righteousness does. It all comes from Jesus. And when God actually speaks to you and asks you to do something that you feel or sense is beyond your capacity and beyond your ability, you should know that this is the space where God operates. So let me ask you a question. What are you really afraid of? What's preventing you from moving forwards? And I really hope that you can answer that question because if you can't, that's the thing that's preventing you from moving forwards in life. If you can't even answer the question, you don't even know why. What you don't know is actually preventing you from being able to move forwards. All right, number four, last one, laziness. Just, just laziness. Proverbs 13.4 says this, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 13.4 I think I showed you a picture of a sluggard earlier. Actually, it even has the word slug. So it makes sense. That's what it's like for some people. So slow to respond to the things that Jesus is putting on their hearts. Just so slow to get around to doing the things that God wants them to do. I, I know that so often we want the microwave version of our calling I told you and I said this a couple weeks ago I love the word instant but I'm smart enough to know that it doesn't happen very often and in fact even though we want the skills and the talents and the abilities and all the rest of it we want those things up front those are the things that you grow into those are the things that you learn along the way if you want the body without the workout not going to happen if you want the healthy body without the meal plan, not going to happen. you got to live your life in such a way that the things that you're hoping for in your future start to come closer towards you. Do you know when I was a teenager, I hated doing homework because I had absolutely no purpose. No, I had no idea about what I was going to do with my life. So, every time I would go to do my homework, and some of you are going to identify with this, every time I'd had to do it, I would have to make sure that my my bedroom was very tidy, very tidy, because I can't work in a messy room. So, I'd clean everything up. Now, I hated cleaning, but I hated homework more than cleaning. Now, the thing is, if you could have gone back to my life just then and had a look at what I was doing. I was busy doing all this activity, making my bed, right? Fluffing up my pillow, picking up my clothes off the floor. What are you doing? Can't you see that I'm busy? I've got so much going on in my world right now. There's no time to study. I was busy. I was busy. Busy doing the wrong thing. If you ask most Australians, they will tell you that they're busy. I wonder how many people are busy just doing the wrong things. It's called a priority issue. What you need to do is begin with the first things in mind. You don't need more information, you already have everything you need. You know what you need to do. What you lack right now is the motivation. The motivation to do what God has asked you to do. This year, we're supposed to be crossing over into the promises of God. And maybe there have been some things in your life, even up to this point in the year, that have been preventing you From moving forwards. Maybe you've been overthinking. Maybe that you just needed everything to be perfect all of the time, including yourself. And you just criticize yourself out of what God's called you to do. Maybe the thing is you're just afraid or you haven't got around to it. But please hear something. Delay costs you your future. Just say it with me one time. Delay costs me my future. Your delaying will cost you your future. So stop putting off what you're supposed to have already done. See, what you really need right now is a strong sense of your purpose and a greater revelation of your Savior Jesus. Because if you have a strong sense of your purpose, that's going to take you in the right direction. If you have a great understanding of who Jesus is, that's going to provide you with security. That's going to affect your identity. That means that you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and the past failures and the things that you've done, and you're going to come out unscathed. Why? Because your identity isn't in all of your failure. It's actually in Jesus Christ. And it will do all those things, but it also answers the question, why? This is the most important question you need to answer when it comes to doing what God's asked you to do. Why? Why should you do it? What happens if you don't do it? Because without a strong enough why, you probably won't even try. You just keep delaying it. I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. The magical place where eventually something will happen. I'll do it later on. You'll procrastinate. You'll delay. You won't have the right priorities. Your why needs to be greater, greater than your trials and your tribulations. So no matter what's in your past, you say, I'm not going to give up. Why? You've you got a strong enough why. <clears throat> You've got a strong enough reason to press in, to keep going. So stop delaying your future and stop putting off what you're supposed to have done already. You know the story that we read about this poor rich man. Do you know what the Bible goes on to say about him? Absolutely nothing. Zero. Zilch. He never features again, he's only in the story by mere fact that he walked away from what Jesus had asked him to do. Why? Because he stayed put. Why? Because the cost was too high and he got knocked out of the game. He was out of the fight. He walked away. He could have done something greater, but he didn't. I wonder if he came to and woke up three days later and realized, what have I done? I thought the cost was too high and I chose my wealth over my Saviour, I wonder if he came to that realisation that he missed an open door of opportunity because he kept on delaying and saying, tomorrow I'll do it, tomorrow I'll do it. That is a cost that's too high for any of us to pray. And here's the truth. His time is over, but yours is not. His decision's been made, but yours isn't. And there is still time today to stop living in the land of delay. There is time today to change the way that you think and to make a decision to start to pick up the things that God has been putting on your heart. I wonder what God has been speaking to you about. I wonder what you've been delaying in your own life. Maybe Maybe this is your wake-up call. Today. Don't say tomorrow. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. We make decisions today, not tomorrow. Don't stop Stop delaying it. Don't push it off into the future. You know, I say all this stuff, and it almost sounds like it's a motivational speech, I guess, in some way. I don't want you to be the lion of your own jungle. Personally, I don't have time for that. I don't care. You know what I really do want? I want people to know the hope to which they've been called and what is the richness of His inheritance towards His saints. And I want you to know the immeasurable greatness that is towards those that are saints in Christ Jesus. I want you to know what God has called you to do. And I want you to engage with that today because that's not about motivation. What I'm talking about today is so much more important than that. God has got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a future. He's got a destiny. There are people in this room right now. God's been speaking to you about a spirit-led business. There's a business you're supposed to do a ministry you're supposed to start an initiative that you're supposed to have already begun and you kept saying tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow it's still in your heart you feel the tension it's not going away the tension of direction it's because God is pulling on your heart don't make a decision today that you're going to regret tomorrow today is the day why don't you stand all over this place this morning